Hello, this is Amanda from How Not To Die and this is our very first episode so we're very excited to get started. Being the first episode there might be a few little issues that we're still working out but we're going to find our feet but it's still a great episode to listen to and we're covering child killers in this episode. Also don't forget that you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and we also have an email address so you can find us all at How Not To Die Podcast. Enjoy. So do we agree on an introduction? Well, they don't know who's who. That's true. Well, mate, yeah. Well, we've just started without even introducing ourselves. Right. That's right. Okay. That's so up. let me start by saying hello and welcome to How Not to Die. Uh, I am Amanda. Oh, that's it? <laughs> I, am I can't introduce I am both Amanda. of you. Oh, I'm <laughs> Hannah. Oh, we're going one by one. That's I'm why Hannah. I pointed to oh, you. See, we're so professional. Oh, we're so professional. <laughs> um, I'm Hannah. I'm Natalia. <clears throat> that was very bright and sunshine. Yeah, wait, my demeanour may change. <laughs> uh, and, well, that's who we are. So that, that is who we are. That is who we are. That, that makes up the How Not to Die podcast team. And how how long have we frequent together? Maybe they'd like to know that. That's a good point. Well, um, well the origins of how, like, us. <laughs> of, of the freaky nature of where we are well, has come about. The origins is... The we, origins is... Well, we, we listen to other podcasts and we just thought we could yeah, do it better. We do. We all work <laughs> together, which is probably important to say. Yes. Yeah. Man is our boss. That's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> so she, we are her minions. <laughs> You're fired. And we do have to put it out there that she's not forcing us to do this. No, this no. is all... On our own accord. No, I really. completely didn't buy us matching T-shirts and notepads <laughs> and, and, and microphones. I didn't force this on you in any way. What are you checking your phone? Sorry, I'm telling my husband who's giving us technical down. support no on making sure that everyone can be heard. I'm putting it off now. I'm turning my phone actually off. <coughs> so Amanda's can... Amanda's the boss. Natalia's the mum. She's got two beautiful kids. Um, what about you, Hannah? Me. What interests me about true crime? I like that we get to have a chat about it at work, but it's also like you know when you look at a car crash a bit when you drive past it. You need to stare. You do. It's you... like that. Fair enough. Is it that element that you're glad it's not me? Yeah, it's that element. I'm glad it's not me, but and it's that it'll also never happen to you. Uh, yes, but then I'm also very aware that it really could happen to you, and that yeah. is what this hence came out. where we are. Yeah, hence where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I thought it was just going to be to me <laughs> choking. I gave a grapefruit juice. It's very pulpy. So what we are actually doing. Well, the first episode is actually child killers, a nice light subject nice to get light. to get started with, mm-hmm. just so people at home know what we're discussing. That you tied all in, that's why you're here running the podcast. <laughs> yes. Hence um, why you lead us. I, I think we should also go through what our podcast is meant to be about, rather than well, it is just us sitting around talking. Really, yeah. we, we, we tr- think we try to have a message yeah. about how not to die, and we think that we've got a great topic to talk about. We find it very interesting. It's just going to be us this? chatting week by week. Uh, we're, we're meant to... Week we're by go- week. I don't know if I agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> someone, 
schedule? One of the wheels is already fallen off the wagon. <laughs> just leave your schedule away here, oh, Welcome to How Not to Die with Amanda and Natalia. <laughs> uh, you guest speaker. Just edit me out. <laughs> um, um, let's start again, Amanda, I think. Just yes. with us two. Yeah. Oh, please. Please. Take, take expertise. I want my T-shirt back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have your book. I'll bag your book. I love that photo. Well, and then like every week we're drawing out of a hat like what yes. we're doing for next week, we but, but I don't think we're that prepared. Uh, actually, I am. Oh, okay. I, was, I had a very productive day. So you now are an active member of this podcast. I am. Welcome back. Look, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nice to be here. Uh, I did cut up all the little things and I put it I put it in jar, not a hat, because I didn't bring a hat. Okay. I don't know if you did. So it's no, but we picking a topic out of a jar. Yep, yeah, and it's hat. on my desk. I'll get it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that in later. Make it look like a surprise. Like, oh, really? <laughs> now, I don't. I don't personally want to be one of these podcasts that has a two-hour introduction. I no, don't. Seriously. Okay, okay, let's move on. Let's uh, go. Do we know who's going first? <laughs> you can go first. Oh, thanks. Take it away, Amanda. Thank you, and welcome to How Not to Die with Amanda. <laughs> Mine's is a bit of a sad story about mm-hmm. child killers. Um, is it ever a happy one? Not really, but I think with this one, you feel for the the kids, even mm, though. Then maybe should we leave you till last because we leave on a happy? No, maybe not. No. Go well, it's go not on. a happy note that you go leave on. on. Mm-hmm. So mine's is about uh, Curtis and Catherine Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Both with a K. No, a C. We're not the Kardashians mm-hmm. here. It's. <coughs> Uh, so Curtis and Catherine, uh, this happened back in 1999, back in Florida, because of course it's Florida with all the crazy people there. there no is. offense to anyone listening oh, in yeah. Florida. Yeah. And it's Canada. Canada. It's the Canada. We can vouch for the humidity. That's true. It does turn crazy you crazy. It does. Yeah. So um, back, I'll, let's go back to the 6th of January, 1999. Take us back. I don't know what you guys were doing, but I was in primary school. I was getting married. Oh, no. I've got my maths wrong. I was 11. (laughs) And Curtis and Catherine, on on that night, tragic night, end up becoming the youngest people in US history to be charged as adults with murder. How young? Uh, so uh, Catherine was 13 uh, mm. and Curtis was 12. They're now released as well, so happy story there. Is it? Can we well. find out? Will, will you get to the bit where we find out who they are now? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, but they're now on probation for the rest of their life and their pro- probation terms are pretty bad. So um, 6th of January, um, so there's Sonia Spates. Mm-hmm. What's her name? So she sat down to do a jigsaw puzzle, as one does when you get home, uh, and she was sharing it with her uh, boyfriend, which is uh, Curtis Senior, obviously Curtis and Catherine's dad, and uh, they were at home together. So Sonia, Curtis, Catherine were all there, and uh, Curtis Senior left home, and uh, he'd be back later that night along with another male relative who shall remain throughout this story another male relative. So he he kind of frequently stayed at their house. But as Sonia was sitting there, Curtis was also sitting at the table, but he had a 9mm semi-automatic gun on his lap oh. uh, that he'd taken from his dad's beth- bedroom. And he began shooting Sonia. Gun laws. So how old was Sonia? I don't know, actually. Oh. Sorry, Sonia. So, so was Sonia the girlfriend? Uh, yes, so she's the girlfriend. So she's just there with Curtis and Catherine. Curtis Jr. has started shooting her, and at some point, Catherine took the gun 
uh, and shot her as well. To this day, she can't recall, like Catherine can't recall how many shots like she fired. She thinks it's the last two. And four out of the nine bullets uh, fired at Sonia hit her, end up killing her. And then, so skip forward a little bit, because I'm sure that not immediately, but uh, soon after they dragged Sonia's body to the bathtub, uh, leaving a trail of blood, and then they poured bleach uh, all over the carpet and floor. And so then the kids decided flee the scene um so they ran to a friend's house saying that they shot her by accident and uh, when the friend's parents said oh we're going to call the police Catherine curtis ran into a nearby woods but they were found there pretty quickly like next morning and they immediately confessed to killing her so it wasn't like a like a really grueling kind of like police session like it wasn't like they didn't really plan it very well well you know they were children well yeah they're 12 and 13 (laughs) really good point they like they probably have other things on their mind. <laughs> At the time of murder, the children, according to police, had admitted to plotting to kill Sonia because they were jealous of her and the attention she was getting from their dad. Mm. And so she was – hold on. What? She was the boy's girlfriend or the dad's the girlfriend? The dad's girlfriend. Senior Curtis Senior. Okay. Yeah, the, it's girlfriend. a bit confusing. All right. Curtis Senior. I understand. And Sonia were an item in this. Yeah, that's strange when people name their kids the same after yeah. them. Anyway. So, yeah, they, they've actually said we, we wanted to get rid of her. And uh, kind of in the police reports was also that Catherine didn't show any remorse for killing Sonia and that uh, Catherine also seemed, like, very intelligent and she was the one that came up with the plan and uh, they committed it in a very composed way. So it seems like a fairly kind of straightforward. Seems open pretty open I wouldn't even know. At yeah. that age, I wouldn't – I mean, we don't have guns in Australia really, yeah. like, but I wouldn't even know how to shoot a gun. Well, I think it's their culture as well. Like Americans, four, well, that's but, their culture yeah, with the guns. Maybe they think so. Four out of nine bullets fired. Yeah, they didn't have a pretty good aim, though. Do you think? Well, well that's like that close kind range. Of half. Yeah. And to be able to just grab it from your dad's bedroom isn't probably the greatest well, thing to kind of leave laying yeah. around. But that that's quite political for our first... We've insulted people of Florida and probably all the gun owners in America. There are probably some very reasonable gun owners. It's just in Australia. We don't have them and we're sensible. (laughs) (laughs) Where was I? They are going to prison. Yes, that's right. Or they haven't been trialed yet. So when they did go to stand trial, because there was protests from both the relatives of Curtis and Catherine and the victim's family, uh, so it's also good to know that Sonia had... Uh, children from a previous relationship yeah so when they went to stand trial there was a lot of protests so they were actually funneled into the adult uh, criminal system rather than the juvenile criminal system uh, which was I guess quite unusual they're 12 and 13 so that's quite bad so if they were to stay under the juvenile system they wouldn't (laughs) have had a sentence any longer than 36 months I do so they were trialed as adults yes okay do the crime do the time well, well, it's I know it's not that straightforward because as adults, uh, so being in the adult system, they were facing a life uh, imprisonment, right? Fair. And there's a point that I will it'll be spoilers, but mm. previous abuse is not a defence for first degree murder, apparently in wow. Florida. Um, so you have to prove that the kids are in like immediate danger, as kind of right. 
a way to kind of uh, defend yourself. So instead, they decided to take a plea deal. Um, so they were sentenced to 18 years in prison. So they didn't go to trial, no witnesses, no evidence was presented at the time. So they basically said, yes, we did it? Yes, we did it. We'll so do the, the police... 18 years and we'll have life on probation. So would you think even though, like, I know that there are cases where people say that they did it and they really didn't do it? Well, no, they definitely did it. Well, I know, yeah, but... Would, I would have thought they that they coerced? still yeah. needed to prove that they yeah. did. Yeah, so I think that because the police thought of, like, they had the motive, it was just our jealousy, he's, like, some terrible kids, let's just put them in the adult system. Uh, so Tony Hernandez uh, was the lawyer who represented the children. He said that it was very heartbreaking, especially with Curtis Jr. So they didn't really understand, like, these kids didn't understand what they were, like, saying they were agreeing to. So Curtis said... Did they uh, have no said, psychological no, assessment? None of that, because they took the plea deal. Nothing. Welfare workers or anything. Oh, this is 2000, yeah. Yeah, so Tony Hernandez says he remembers Curtis asking if he could have his Nintendo video games when he was in prison. So well, they're not, but they're not, but, you know, the brain's not developed. They're not adults. That's the thing. They're not adults, but that's, like, if they can, if they can just get annoyed with, you know, their dad's girlfriend, oh, let's kill her. Well, you know, what else are you going to do in life when you get annoyed with people? Okay, like, yeah. But... From what you've said, and you know, you'll probably go into it more. There's got to be more. There's more there's to a it. reason. Not just yes. an open and no, shut case. Never are. Oh right, no. never are. You've got more. So it Where? wasn't until years later the real reason for the killing of Sonia came out. Like they did kill her. Okay, obviously Not you a have good to. Thing. Yeah, you have we to all agree that you have to admit to take responsibility for that action. But Catherine and Curtis also intended to kill their father and the other male relative. Oh, of course. I forgot about him. Yes. Molesting them. Yeah. I reckon that was like So they had a plan to kill them all because of cases of extreme abuse that was happening at home by the male relative. This abuse went ignored by the father, the Department of Children and Families, and there was lots of red, red flags along the way. So there were three investigations prior to Catherine and Curtis killing Sonia. And, like, there's just all these red major flags happening. So Catherine and Curtis's mother fled their house because of domestic violence. Their grandmother said they can't come and live with me because they're biracial. Oh. <laughs> flowers in the attic. Good book, by the way. Yeah, Flowers in the Attic. It is. Yeah, good read. And also their mum was scared that if she took the children that something would happen to them. Uh, because it did, obviously. Mm. Look. Just in another way. Wow. And then also Curtis Sr. was charged with attempted murder, but that was reduced to a misdemeanor uh, when it was decided it was just self-defense. But still another oh, red flag. Curtis you don't... Sr. or Curtis Jr.? Curtis Sr. What was he? When did he, he who did he try to kill? It's not much details oh, on that so one. this was just in the past. Yeah, so all these things. So he was kind a of... violent person. <laughs> well, the abuse didn't come from him, but if you're growing up in a house where this happened so well, at that domestic violence because the mother left yeah so at the time those the kids went to live with their mum and then this is when the male relative comes into the picture so he settles nearby and i think he kind of stays at the house quite frequently uh, so this male relative who doesn't get named in any of this because it's like oh well he's never been charged with anything so we can't disclose who he is but so, that's where you just put allegedly yeah but and you use whoever's name you want 
So, Mr. Abuser, (laughs) he previously spent six years in prison for armed robbery. So, another major red flag. And then the male relative was arrested in 1993 for having sex with a minor as well. This is bad. So, it keeps going. Uh, So, a few years later, uh, while visiting his mother, Curtis Jr. told uh, his mother that the, this male relative was molesting him so it was kind of reported but then curtis changed his story saying he lied about the family member so he could move in with his mom or kind of make the other relative kind of go away so the department of children and families closed the case and he's like oh there's nothing here children lie whatever then there was another incident where Catherine ran away from home Um, Around this time, a teacher also told social workers she suspected that Catherine was being abused. The state investigators did find evidence of physical and sexual molestation, but because Catherine didn't report it and denied it, they just said, oh, we'll go home, but the male relative shouldn't really be around Catherine. (laughs) um, And they offered, like, some counselling service and parenting services, but Catherine's dad declined it. So the dad knew of the abuse, or was he involved yes, in it as well? Yes, he did. Obviously in some form. Well, think about it. They killed him, the girlfriend. Well, they didn't end up killing the but dad. they wanted to, they kill, wanted him. to yeah. kill the dad? And, well, they wanted to kill the dad, um, the, the, the relative who was actually abusing yeah. him, and the girlfriend. Um, but Catherine later said that her father – well, no, Catherine actually does say that, like, her dad didn't really believe her. And she thought by telling her dad he would get so enraged and, like, you know. You'd deal with it. Yeah. As you would. It's so sad. Well, then her dad also intimidated her into lying about this case, so it got closed. So Catherine found out that her brother was also getting abused. Mm. uh, And she said that the breaking point, I think this was a couple of days before they actually decided to kill everyone. I'm just reading off my notes. (laughs) So the breaking point was when Catherine said she was in the shower when she heard the door open. The relative ripped the shower curtain and stared at her. He started masturbating while she was crying in the corner. She's 13 at this time. And when he was done, left 50 cents on the toilet seat. Oh, what a sicko. That's just sick. Who does that? And then puts 50 cents down. Jeez. Such an odd amount as well. What a dollar better? So so Catherine says that she just kind of completely withdrew. She stopped eating dinner with the family. She stayed in her room. And so she started a journal saying that she was gonna kill everyone because she just wanted out. I don't blame her. I don't condone killing. No, yeah, I don't feel so bad about it now. But not kill him. Well I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. So, yeah, like, looking back on it now, Catherine says that obviously does regret, regret killing Sonia. That Sonia so, Sonia obviously knew, so she was just well, by association. It never says that Sonia knew, knew, but I think Catherine and Curtis were at that breaking point yeah. that they just their dad knew, so... Assumed the, everybody knew. Yeah, they just needed to get rid of everyone who was in their way to kind of escape it. And even Catherine says that she was like, the reason why she acted like she did after the murders was because she was just thankful to be out of that house and away yeah. from it all. She was actually, well, the she says stopped. it's messed. Yeah. She says it's messed up, but she was actually quite happy by being in jail. It's like, well, did she actually live a better life because she wasn't then yeah. surrounded by abuse? 
I would say yes. But then what happens in jail? Maybe well, not to her. Now, did they go to a juvenile jail? <laughs> no, they went oh, to Really? Yes. Because she, from what oh, I've got, I really don't know, from what I've heard, female prisons aren't that bad. Male prisons, like what happened to Curtis? Oh, so Curtis is now an ordained minister Whoa. with, I think, two tattoos. I like well, that the article mentioned two tattoos, tattoo. um, just because that's that's very relevant to these details. So they might they, have been prison tattoos. They got released, um, but it's also quite sad because Curtis and Catherine couldn't write to each other because they were co-defendants, so they haven't been able to be in touch. Mm. Are they this. in touch now? Yes, I oh. believe so. Did, were they given identities, different identities? No, so they, they are known as fair. That. Yeah, so considering mine does and yours mine does, does spoilers. Too. That is ridiculous. But maybe um, that's Florida. Well, maybe it's America. So yeah, I think the America. saddest thing is is that, like, they went in at, like, 13 or 12. So now, like, even Catherine says she has to learn how to drive a car. She's never got it. Like, she has to go and get an education. Like, all these things that... They didn't that, skill her in jail? It doesn't seem like it a lot. Like, she, she probably... She wasn't in the library every day? <laughs> no. <laughs> She didn't get her. What else has she got to do? Did she not get her Bachelor of Arts while she was in there? She could have drove the prison truck around. <laughs> but she, she has hopes jail. and dreams. She has <laughs> hopes and dreams. And this is where I love Catherine. Yep. I love her she, too. She's my soul sister here because she says, I think I miss food too more than anything. Oh, yeah. Oh. That would suck. And that she she food. wants to go to college, earn a law degree, but oh. also open a restaurant. Well, <laughs> two very conflicting things, but you can do that. You can do no, what you she want, can Catherine. Do what, do what you want, <laughs> Catherine. If you've missed food, open up a buffet. <laughs> like, oh. Go, Catherine. Curtis has never spoken to the media. We just know that he's an ordained minister. He's asked his lawyer not to say anything about the case, so it's only Catherine that's ever spoken about it. Mm. She's married now as well. So she got married while she was in prison. So I also I don't know how to feel about that relationship. Well, who who, who did she marry? Was he a uh, fan? Was, uh, so someone she was in correspondence with uh, who's a Navy officer. But, again, she went in when she was 13. She doesn't know how to have these – Relationships. Adult, adult relationships, which I'm sure she can probably learn through correspondence, but she's been abused and everything like that. So that starts that starts off being a warped. She looked very happy in the photos. Well, that's so good. that's something. I really hope she is happy. <laughs> Me too, with her buffet and oh, I'm being a lawyer. That's right. So <sighs> my that's my story. That is sad. That is a sad and one because feel... we empathise and we like yep. those two, <clears throat> yep. but we don't like mine. We won't like mine. So I guess no. if I just want to wrap it up in about how not to die, I think how not to die is probably to get away from the abuse. So yeah. I, I, Oh, we're doing this. Oh, I'm going to do a little how not to die. I think let's it. just tie it in. Well, All right. Well, okay. Okay, we will tie it back to how not to die. So I think Catherine and Curtis, their actions were probably not the best, but I think their intention. So would you say they're justified? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like you've been waiting to ask that question for like five days. I don't think it's justified <laughs> to kill Sonia. She had nothing to do with this. Well, we don't know that, do we? Though no, mm, no. And the story keeps changing and coming out yeah. all, after all these years. So I think that we can empathize. Mm. Yes, or maybe death wasn't the right way to go. Well, no. but well, it killed their childhood. It killed their childhood. Yeah. And now you've got three victims. You've got Curtis, Catherine, and Sonia, mm-hmm. rather than... 
So what happened to – do we know what happened to the father and the – No. You don't – we don't know what happened. So every kind of news article was they're being contacted, but they oh. declined to answer or they didn't answer. So this guy could still be out there abusing people. He probably wow. is because they don't stop. Like, and it's no. and it's Florida, so pre, what I said, previous abuse does not – Act as a defence in first degree murder cases, apparently. So, um, so how not to die is escape your abuser, so you can keep living and open that buffet dream (laughs) and be a lawyer and be a lawyer at the same time. (laughs) Thanks, Amanda. Well done. Yeah, that was terrific. That was. But now I'm very interested in your cases because mine's wasn't gory or juicy or well. But see, that's that brings child killers into a different light. It does. And then we're going to ruin it. Yeah, yeah. We are. we're just going to we're going to poo-poo all over yeah. that. Go Catherine and Curtis. Yeah, yay Catherine and Curtis. The yeah. poster kids of what child killers. Saying that at the end. Yeah, I didn't either. So who who wants to go <clears throat> um, and ruin? I my... think Hannah should go next. Okay, it does. To leave. be fair, mine's not going to be as good as Natalia's. We don't know that. We're my all stuff equal. never is. No, that's okay. No. You've done a lot of research. I've just highlighted a few lines. But it's all we all come in and we make one big puzzle. All right, let's make a puzzle pod. Puzzle pod. Puzzle pod. pod. Okay. What is your case? My case is uh, infamous Mary Bell. I'd never heard of Mary Bell. I'd never heard of Mary Bell either. Lady. So she's not that infamous. I know, apparently not. She she wasn't one of the first ever well, she kind of was actually one of the first ever child killers. In Britain? Uh, in, it's London, England. Yeah. But, which is Britain. I oh know. Okay. <laughs> Let's not talk geography. That's not a strong point. Okay. That's okay. It, it happened in 1968. They didn't even really know about serial killers. No. Well, not well, from my Jack extensive watching of Mindhunter. Mm. Well, they kind of knew about Jack the Ripper. They might not have labelled They hadn't pieced him together yet. Child a killers wasn't a big killer. thing. A sequence killer. Mindhunter. A repeat This is where all our research yes. comes from. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, 1968, Scotswood, a community north of London in England. Do you like that geography? Yes. So Gives us an idea. None of, of us were alive then. No. No. I can gladly say I wasn't at that time either. <laughs> so, we can't set the scene. No, we can't, can't set, set the scene. scene. Not sure. Uh, actually, I can set the scene. I've, like, I've got family from the UK. You are born there, yep. so. It's drizzly. It's very drizzly. It's drizzly and according to this. It was really, it was really a bit of a poor area. Yeah, yeah. There was quite a bit of poverty. No one really had anything. Well, this was in the sixties, sixty eight. They had rabbit stew. Yeah, it was like rabbit stew. What else? Bread and butter pudding. But everybody likes that. Yeah, everyone likes that. Yeah, My parents that was, love that. Yeah, I know, but oh. it was a bit of a oh Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, oh, I do love Yorkshire pudding. Okay, I don't know if these kids were having Yorkshire pudding. No, it was. Oh, so no there was, they um, had to kill people. Yeah, there was not a lot of people watching them. It was just like kids floating Bringing about, themselves up. You know, whatever you mm. want to do, which is probably why some young kids got killed. So their parents were obviously like working class as well, so away yes. from home. Yeah. Yes. Martin Brown's body, this is 68, Martin Brown's lifeless body was discovered lying on the floor inside a boarded up condemned house. There was a lot of houses like that. It actually says blood and saliva trickling down his cheek. Was these four? So no obvious signs of violence. So they believed it was an accident. Ah, uh, well, the police thought it was an accident because this was such a you know 
that mm. area. So it was like, well, you know, this happened. He slipped. Oops. Where he was was actually called Rat Alley. Mm. Uh, so he, the mum got really sad later on actually because he was known as like the, the, the Rat, Rat Alley boy, boy, which is so sad. But, yeah, police were just like, well, you know what, things happen. And things do happen. You shouldn't, how not to die, don't walk around in condemned. Uh, in Rat Alley. Rat Alley. But was he actually walking around there? No. So she so, got lured there by Mary Bell, but we'll get there. After that happened, you know, they kind of didn't go anywhere with it, the cops. And so afterwards, uh, three-year-old Brian Howe was found strangled in an industrial area. So same again, where the kids were known to play. Well, they probably didn't have any play they equipment. They probably didn't have any play equipment. Like um, most gardens. So you have only warehouses. Kicking tins down the road. That's what it was. It was grim. It was grim. We've set the scene. He was found with various strange wounds. So puncture marks on his thigh. He had clumps of his hair cut off. This is a three-year-old wow. kid. And genitals partially mutilated. Why do they have to do that to a little kid? But anyway, so that's pretty uh, gruesome. So a few days later, a mark became evident on his belly. So it looked like someone had scratched a, an N in. And then apparently a few days later, it got changed to an M. This will make a little bit of sense later. That was with a razor blade. And a pair of broken scissors lay nearby, which were used to cut the hair off. So that was really sad. Two young kids, young kids are dead. And there's a photo. They're very good. Don't show us. No, 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 not of them being dead. These are the little kids. This one looks like a little cabbage patch doll. Looks like like one of those little angels. um, It does, like a, yeah, like a, what are they called? The cherubobs. A cherub. Brian Howe looked like a cherub. The community was in a state of panic. Police were looking for an answer. They started questioning the children in the area. So one of the things they noticed about, because the first guy, Martin, he was strangled, but the second guy, Brian, I should say baby, Brian, um, Mm -hmm. they noticed that whatever had happened with his wounds, they were, and that was also with the strangling, they were done by like tiny hands. Like they were like, oh, this isn't very strong. Whoever's done this. So they started questioning kids in the area to find out more if they'd seen anything, but also... It's amazing back then they knew stuff yeah, like that already. Yeah, They started looking into that. So it says two, two children in particular seem to be acting very strange. Uh, Mary Bell was one of them and also Norma Bell. So Norma Bell, they're not related. It's like a common name. But Mary Bell was 11 and then Norma Bell was 13 and they were both friends, but they everyone noticed at school and at home they were acting a bit weird when they were getting interviewed by the police, they were acting weird. Just... What is the right way to act around police? Because everyone's like, oh, people act weird when around mm. the police. But it's like, what is the normal way? I, after reading and, like, watching and listening to everything, I would act so because I would be trying not to act guilty. Mm. But they're 13 and 11. Like, I don't think even can, when you get... Do you put... think that they can put on Let me just... Act? When you hear what they did, you'll understand. Okay. By acting... Hit us with it. Okay. So the investigation continued. They continued to act strangely. At one point, Mary Bell went to the police and said that she saw an eight-year-old boy with Brian and she'd seen him hit Brian and and she'd seen him, Mary, Mary, she'd seen this boy playing with Brian with a pair of scissors. They hadn't released that the scissors were at the crime scene. So Mary, common mistake, dobbed herself in. Mary. Mary. Read the paper, Mary, and see what was released. Listen to a podcast, Mary. (laughs) This is how not to get arrested, Mary. So she basically implicated herself. So the police really started to understand that both the girls 
were involved in the murder. One of the really creepy things, really creepy, is that when Brian was buried, so this is the the little three-year-old, she was observed by one of the detectives standing outside uh, his house and she was watching while the coffin came out, laughing and rubbing her hands together. Gee. I don't know. What? I mean, that's that's quite an image. But she sounds really sick, so I'm not surprised. She does some more sick things. So he decided something needed to be done before another child died. He questioned Norma Bell, and then Norma came out and confessed that it uh, it was How old was Norma? Was she 15, did you say? 13. 13. But Norma was bigger, like, which obviously she was bigger. She was two years Mm. older, but there was quite a difference. And if you see photos of uh, Mary Bell, she actually she looked quite innocent. She's quite sweet looking like, girl. Yeah, when she was convicted, a lot of people in the courts couldn't believe that she did it because they were just like, "Oh, she just doesn't seem that way." And Norma was later described as very like low IQ. Mm. Very simple. And that Mary was the ringleader. Um, So Norma went, they were questioning Norma. So both of their stories changed over time. But the day of Brian's funeral, they picked Mary up immediately. According to Norma, Mary had told Norma that she killed Brian. And she brought her to the boarded up house afterwards to show her his body. And Mary described to Norma how she'd squeezed his neck and strangled him and said that she'd enjoyed it. So apparently her, her thing for getting the boys and luring the boys was telling them and how could she like to strangle them, she would tell them that they had a sore neck and she wanted to massage it. And then because what happened was previous to this, she'd actually tried this on a girl at school and she tried to strangle this girl. So there's a documentary out there and this this woman's telling her story and she's like, she was strangling me and sticking her fingers down my throat and making like a noise of like the devil. and noise of the devil. (laughs) Anyway, this... This wheel touch, this is kind of similar to yours, but not. you don't really feel sorry for her. But when they questioned Mary, she was evasive. She didn't admit anything. She was accusing Norma. Anyway, she was coming back in and out of the station, and then nobody was charged. And then both of them were arrested and charged. Yeah, so there was enough so evidence then. They didn't get charged, and then they got charged. They were coming in and out of the police station, oh, okay. both of them. And then, um, yeah, they eventually got charged because it was just like you both know too much information about this, and it's the the scissors implicated her. And then I think because Norma came out and was saying she took me to the body. And she was standing outside his house laughing. Well, you know, laughing and rubbing your hands together is a bit of a... Okay, so during the trial and leading up to the trial, leading up to and during the trial, new evidence was found. So they found that two days after Martin Brown uh, was found dead, so that was the first victim, a nursery school was broken into and vandalized. So all these cleaning supplies were thrown about and there were all these notes, four notes left behind, and they were scribbled like children had scribbled them, and there were notes about the murder. So one of them said, we did murder Martin Brown. Another one said, I'm, I murder so that I may come back. And it uh, uh, doesn't actually say what the other one said, but I have a photo of that too, which is creepy. So it came out that both the girls vandalised the, the school and that they wrote those notes. Ken, why write notes? Well, it kind of comes out later that she was she really wanted attention, this girl. She did. Anyway. Just go on a reality TV show. <laughs> well, 1968. Mary. You know, Mary. <laughs> Is that um, why they invented reality TV show? So, so Mary could so go Mary on. So Mary could go on there. 
Um, so she later admitted to writing them for a giggle. So it had also came out that she was overheard uh, to other children screaming, I'm a murderer. <laughs> Not very inconspicuous. <laughs> Um, and that's where I killed. Mary was known to tell tall tales, so her claims weren't taken seriously. Uh, while she was waiting trial, um, she made really weird comments to the guards saying, I like hurting little things that can't fight back. <gasps> well, yes, you do, Mary. Her lack of emotions, unresponsiveness, and strange behaviour led psychiatrists to label her as psychopathic. So she acted alone, killing Martin Brown, and then blah, blah, blah. We'll just skip over. Well, it's just more about Not it. important. Um, so Mary was described as manipulative and intelligent. She was known to be violent and lie often. The violent streak began when she was a toddler. Uh, she would lash, lash out and hit them, and in kindergarten she wrapped her hands around a classmate's throat and squeezed, which might be the girl that came out later about it. Um, Where are the parents? Oh, well, we'll get into that. So when people started to uncover uh, what she endured, I think people started to understand a little bit more. Should I get out the tissues? No. Okay. Because you still don't do that. Mm. Like it's – because that the, – the difference between her and yours as well is she – it was very premeditated. She She did it twice and she lured the kids – and she wrote yeah. notes and going around. Totally different. It's very different. Yeah. So when she was born, her mother, Betty, so her mum was 17. She was a prostitute. And apparently it says here she said, get that thing away from me. Don't know who was recording that at the birth. But anyway, <laughs> podcast. Podcast. <laughs> so she tried to drop Mary off with relatives whenever possible. Somebody who uh, she knew a lady who got rejected for an adoption at some stage. And so she went to this lady with the baby and was like, do you want to take her? And then apparently took her back. So she kept trying to give the baby away there was a couple of this times isn't oprah giving away free cars no. like you get a baby everyone <laughs> really, gets a baby she really did not she didn't want her which is really sad and then betty's sister so she gave the baby to this woman she gave mary as a baby to this woman who got rejected for an adoption and then betty's sister got the baby back like well Maybe you shouldn't just give the baby back to if you care that much. So apparently family members said that when she was two, uh, Mary started to become cold, detached and withdrawn. Being with the auntie? No, she was living with the mum. The auntie just got her back from the adopted and gave her back to the mum. And it's like, well, she's just going to give her away. So she'll love this. Other stories came to light by family members. She'd watched her five-year-old friend get uh, – Mary had watched her five-year-old friend get hit by a bus. That's got to be traumatic. <laughs> what That's... makes you say that I'd love that? Oh, no. She, Natalia will love this. Hold on. <laughs> I will just oh, say that. that my great-grandmother got hit by a bus no, and died. Oh, my God, not that. Not that section. That's very sad. I don't – it's all very sad. Uh, her mother was a prostitute, as I've said. Mary was frequently given intentional drug overdoses by her mother, and it's believed that Betty suffered from Munchausen by proxy. Oh, Munchausen. Oh, I love a Munchausen. Yes, she does. So, uh, yeah, that's where a caregiver intentionally harms a dependent in order to get attention where for themselves. Where are the social workers? Well, 68, 1968. Like, come on, where's somebody going... Look at this child. I don't know. So Betty loved the attention and even lied to family members at one point that Mary had been run over by a truck and died. Uh, most tragic of all, Mary alleges that her mother prostituted her out, using her as a sex prop and allowing her to be sexually abused by Betty's clients. I mean, that's really... That's not good. No. No. 
That's... But do we feel sorry for her? Yeah, I feel sorry for her at that age. But then, oh. like I do, but I feel... We're sorry for young Mary, but not for... That's right. Killer Mary. Yeah. Not Killer Mary. That's right. But I mean, I see where it went wrong. Oh, yeah. That's so was any funny. of this stuff ever proven? Because it says that she's It's just always, what she said. Like, had tall tales it's and that kind of stuff. It's what she said. I, I think when she was in prison at some stage, she actually begged her mum to come forward and talk about it because okay. she believed that her mum should do jail time Instead so of what her. was the trial like? So Mary and Norma were both cha- uh, charged with two counts of manslaughter. They both testified and they both implicated each other. They still seemed to have... Manslaughter? Yeah. But didn't she mean to do, she meant to do it? Yeah. But so maybe know. that's all they could pin them on. I don't know. Because she, she denied it throughout the whole thing, right? So with the first boy, they no one else was there because Mary did it herself mm. and she strangled the boy, but then like they couldn't prove anything in those days. Mm. So they yeah. just that that just wasn't I mean, they said that he just died in Rat Alley of nothing. <laughs> like they weren't very <laughs> complete accident. The manslaughter's like, Oh, oops, I did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but so that's why it's a lesser charge, so you don't need to prove as much. Because going to trial is you're having to prove guilt or innocence. So if you can only prove so much, then that's why you go for a lesser charge. But it still gets a sentence. Mm. There you Interesting. go. Never, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> you're wearing a jacket. Can't back that, that up, but like you know. <laughs> yeah, so I just dabble in law at night time. Yeah. Amongst other things. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So they implicated each other. Uh, but they still seem to have a strange bond between them. So court-appointed psychologist testified that she displayed classic symptoms of psychopathy. Is that how you say it? A psychopathy? That's not right. Psychopathy. I'm and a lawyer. A I'm not an English teacher. <laughs> Just being a psychopath. Psychopath. She was a psychopath. Just a bit cray-cray. <laughs> uh, and therefore was not completely coherent nor responsible for her actions. Now, I've got to disagree there, but anyway. Just because you're a psychopath, I don't see how it means that you're not responsible. Well, it's not that you're not responsible. I think it's whether you think that what you're doing is right or wrong. It's whether you have the reasoning skills. Yeah, so it's even worse. So it's like, well, you're just messed up beyond repair. But then it's like, well, if they're considered a psychopath, then it's really kind of like not their fault because they don't know any better. Which I don't get me wrong. Like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, but she enjoyed it, whereas another person enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. but it's like you still deserve a sentence. Absolutely, you don't deserve a lesser sentence because you have that affliction or whatever. Anyway, so December seventeen sixty eight, the girls were given the verdicts. Norma was acquitted of all charges. So everyone really did believe that Norma was just like poor Norma. Everyone was saying that like if Mary said jump, Norma would. She mm. really followed her and whatever. No one ever knew she really was in the other murder and mm. and everything else. So whatever. But well, she Norma should learn her lesson because Mary Bell's gotten all this fame well, and, and it's just well, hence Norma. there's no Norma Bell. Well, yeah. Wait till you hear. Oh, oh wait, wait there's, there's, there's more. more. There's more ladies. Mm. So Mary was convicted of manslaughter due to diminished responsibility. She was detained at Her Majesty's pleasure. I love it when they write that. (laughs) So that's an indefinite sentence of imprisonment. So nine years later in 77, she escaped from the adult prison she'd been transferred to but was quickly caught. Um, She's a savvy one, this one, isn't she? Yeah, apparently she, like, broke out and there's a knock. Uh, I'm going to leave. Okay. (laughs) Not a problem. Sure. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. Bye, you two. <laughs> Just edit that bit out. We'll There's a little bit of an interruption there. That's okay. That was keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping That's it real. right. We're at work. 
Um, we do. We would like to note it is after hours, so yes. we are yeah. dedicated. Yeah, we're probably looking very dodgy talking about murder in the dark in an well, empty office. Yeah. Okay, back to Mary. Bell. Okay, back to Mary. Ah, uh, blue, blue, blue. So seventy-seven. <laughs> blue, blue. She briefly escaped, uh, but she was quickly caught. Apparently, she had sex with some guy when she escaped. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who's proving that? <laughs> anyway, she was released after serving just twelve years in nineteen eighty. So she was twenty-three when she um, came out, and she was granted anonymity to start mm. a new life under a new name. Do we know? Well, I say no. <laughs> That's what's being anonymous no, is being about. No, yeah. So uh, this goes on. There's quite a few articles and things about, and it does lead into Natalia's case because uh, they use that as um, an example as uh, for handling the uh, case Natalia's going to talk about. But she apparently, after being freed, uh, was shoplifting, drinking. Basically, she was trying to do whatever she could to get back, back put in. back in prison. So she was saying that she thought that when she got released, it would be a magical day. And in fact, it was a terrifying experience. Uh, and she was only home inside a prison and she'd grown up in a corrupt world. Did So she went to prison. She didn't go to anywhere that would help her mentally. Like, uh, any... Well, the whole thing was they were supposed to put – they were – the whole reason they looked at her, they were supposed to rehabilitate her. But, like, yeah. how much rehabilitation do you get when you... Like, well, also, if you're in the prison system versus, like, um, what do you call them? <laughs> Places. Rehabilitation? Mental institution. Oh, okay. There's yeah. probably a nicer word for it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, instead of going to a mental institution, the care is, like, completely different. Well, it says here, so um, she was in Style Prison in Cheshire, and that's when the parole decided that she should be freed. Um, and from Style Prison, she was moved to Ashcombe Grange, an open prison New York, where she was allegedly rehabilitated for nearly a year. So, um, I don't know, she was friends with somebody, an outside student who used to, like, visit and, you know, tell her what was happening in the outside world, and she was visited regularly by psychiatrists. Um but even she was concerned with her abilities to readjust to the outside world. So uh, she went, she lived in a hostel on the prison site where she was told that she should start work assembling electrical equipment. So there's your, um, there's your education. Got to have a trade. I like yeah. that she was in a little hostel. Yeah, like, she was. It sounds like a little youth hostel. Let's, yeah. Let's go and party. Yeah. So then she got really worried about her journey to work and saying that she'd be recognised and she did get recognised by a uh, reporter at one stage as well um, and just didn't want to leave prison. She said she had an incredible feeling of sadness and betrayal and she was floundering without an identity, saying she was torn to shreds inside before the night of her release. Um, she said she cried for the past, her friends, the waste, the loss of her life. Well, maybe she, you should have done. thought about that, Mary, before you killed. Oh, yeah. I blame the mother. Well, no, yeah. I blame Mary. It's really sad. But like, if Mary had a different upbringing, she wouldn't be yeah. the way she is. Nature versus nurture. Mm, I don't know. So it says, uh, in desperation, she turned to shoplifting in what she believed was a subconscious effort to get taken back to prison. Anyway, she didn't. So she eventually found a flat and tried to rebuild the relationship with her mum. And then she ended up getting pregnant and having a daughter. Did she have a cat? doesn't actually mention that. I can imagine her having a cat. That's Me why. too. Um, the, the real thing here, ladies, is that she, uh, somebody wrote a book about her and she got paid $50,000 for contributing to that book. 
So she really did profit off her crime. And there's a lot of people who feel that that wasn't appropriate. And I have to be agreeing with those people. I agree. Because that's kind of wrong. So, and then apparently after she had her daughter as well, so um, they they were really worried about letting her keep her daughter because she'd killed two kids, you know, yeah. like rehabilitated or not, her saying she was a different person or not. There will always not. be a question mark mm. over that. Yeah, so um, they let her keep her daughter, but she, she legally had to tell her daughter what she did. Um, so how old would her daughter be now? Do you her know daughter that? is like 24 and she's had a baby, so she's a grandma as well. Yeah. Imagine your mum saying, I legally have to tell I you. I've killed two children. I killed two boys, but it's okay. You're a girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, um, it's bad, hey. It's so bad. And it's like, I just, I don't know how you get rehabilitated from something like that. Well, it sounds like she got her flat. She got, she has a daughter. She hasn't reoffended. No. Obviously. And, you know, as much as I was like, that, that's not, I can't believe she was released after eight years and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well. Was her sentence eight years? No, because she was under the the Majesty's leisure. So she didn't even know when it was coming when she got parole. Oh, it was okay. just like, yeah, long's enough. But then you've got to think about it. The jails are, are full, right? So mm. if you're a perfect, like. You're the best of the bad bunch. You well, can go home. okay, it's like Mindhunter, right? I watch it. And, you know, that, I forget that guy's name, but that big guy, and he's done some real bad things. But you, you like him. He tells you his story and he's endearing. Yeah. And you go, oh, whatever, because you don't know the people he killed. You're not aware of it. Yeah. And so, you, you know, and they're good, they're good prison mates yeah. and whatever and they're, you know, whatever. So then they get, they do get parole. Yeah. And then the outside public goes, how could that happen? Yeah. Mm. But it's, like, understandable. Mm. Anyway, that's Mary Bell. Mary Bell, Mary. So what did we Mary. learn from How Not to Die? From uh, Don't have a prosy as a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with the fine. It's the oldest profession. Yeah, well, doesn't mean it's the best profession. <laughs> doesn't. To bring um, up they, were, they were in a working class area, yes. so you had to get money somehow. Yeah, well, we've all got to make a living. I, I, I get the point of, like, making Mary a little football, just passing her around, mm. like you're kicking a football. Um, just give her a hug. <laughs> it sounds like she can get a hug. How about don't feed her drugs when she's like... How about don't prostitute her out? Yeah. Use her as a prop. She's a human. Yeah. So how, how not to die there, how not to have a kid that kills, just give your kids a cuddle at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, love your babies. I don't have them. <laughs> or give them away to somebody who really wants them. Yeah. Give them to me, I'd have. <laughs> You're just oh, going to adopt babies. all the world's children. Well, okay, over to you. Well, I'm going to take you on a roller coaster right. of emotions. Strap <laughs> ourselves Strap in. Strap yourself in, ladies. Let's go. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. Like Hannah explained, my case is the James Bolger murder. Um, it happened in the same area as Mary Bell. Um, Bootle, in fact. Brutal is in Merseyside, which is about And, and the British say that we're the convicts here. Well. In Australia. Well, they could say that they sent them all out here. <laughs> well, hmm, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously didn't send them all. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about six k's from Liverpool, which is in the north of England. Oh, wow. um, it's very heavily industrialised, dock town, that saw a post-war boom after it was quite heavily bombed in the Second World War. So there was a lot of new housing estates being built. Um, Look at you setting the scene. Well, I'm setting the scene. And the Bootle Strand Shopping Centre mm. was opened in the 60s. So you're 
Find out about the So Mary Bell probably went shopping there. She probably frequented that Actually, she probably didn't because her mum didn't buy food. Well. So during the (laughs) 1980s, this area also went through an economic boom. So it wasn't now considered one of the most unemployed areas in the country where it was previously the decade before. So now. Just a bit of history. Just a little bit of history. History corner. (laughs) So, right. February the 12th. 1993, saw that Strand shopping centre busy enough for two boys to wander around playing truant. So apparently on that day, the the boys named Robert Thompson and John Venables went around stealing stuff all mornings, batteries, toys. Who steals batteries? Well, you'll find out maybe later what they use this battery for. Oh, right. Soldiers and blue modelling paint. But at some stage during their stealing spree, they decided it would be a good idea to steal a child. Yeah, these, as you do. Like, goes how you, with I like how you tied that in. That was a good yeah. segue. But remember, these boys are 10. <clears throat> Just have the 10 But you've got the youngest of all of them. Yes. Right? Actually, so, we went 12, 11, 10. Yeah. Good one, girls. Mm-hmm. James Bolger was two years old. And from what all accounts that I've read, he was a really vibrant, typical hyperactive, little, inquisitive, young little boy. Um, He was standing in the doorway of a butcher shop where his mother was paying for their dinner of chops for that evening that they were going to have. So she was a good mum. She She was pretty much. She was a good mum. Lamb chops as well. Yeah, lamb chops. pretty good. Where James was successfully coaxed away by Thompson and Venables. Right. But what shocked me when, when I read this was they actually tried to steal another boy away previous to this. Like there's two levels. There's two levels in this shopping centre. So apparently on the top level they were in front of a department store and they tried to coax another boy away. But the mother turned around and saw and went, oh, no. So they went, all right, well, we'll go downstairs where the butcher's near where the butcher's is. What would you do? What would you do if someone tried to steal your kid? What would you do? Well... As, I would as go, the only person with kids here, mm. I'd go. I'd go a bit postal, mm. but it was a split second thing that happened. Like the mother. But I mean, if you around, were that first mum, oh, if I was that first mum, yeah. I would have been like, knowing now what I know, I would have been like postal and gone nutso. But seeing the two boys, as in children, they were ten mm. years old. Yeah, true. You would have thought, oh, they were playing around, mm. mucking around with your Perfect kid. Despite, you would have thought, oh, yeah. that was fun. Oh, but no, you're coming with me. Right? What would you do if someone stole our puppies? Uh, oh, that's the only relatable thing we have. But it was a 10-year-old. Imagine 10-year-old boys go, came I'd up. I'd go so and, nuts. I've said it so many times. I'd just kill. But for 10-year-old boys to come uh, up and look at and try and grab the dog's lead and walk them away and... Yeah, that's mm. true. You'd be like, oh, they just want to play with yeah. me. Yeah. That's so cute, though. Yeah. Hey, my dog just wants to make friends mm. with these cute kids. So, yeah, so they did try and steal someone previous to this. So a few that few minutes that now that Denise Bolger, who is now Fergus, turned her back to pay for the, her purchase is all it took for these two children to take James by the hand and lead him outside the strand. we have pay waves. <laughs> and off to his unthinkable fate. So, and I know you ladies have probably all seen that image. Yeah, yeah the surveillance. The, yeah, of, and it was John Venables that was holding his hand and Robert Thompson was in oh. front leading them out, innocently holding his hand. Can and John I say, even said, All those parents, I used to judge when I saw parents with those backpack things, you know, or like the. Apparently, when, after this happened, that shopping centre was littered with children with those braces on. Mm. You, uh, but their like, back. 
Good my child you. had one. But Finn had good. one. He had good, a little monkey. That's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Because the, actually it was Siobhan that first had her little monkey backpack rain on because she was a bolter. Yeah. Just a bolt yeah. everywhere. They do. But you can't watch them no. all the time. Mm-mm. After leading James away from his mother, the boys made him walk four Ks, right? On his little little tiny legs. legs. He was two. He was two, but John did pick him up to carry him. that's sweet, John. Well, but apparently they did drop him on his head between the distance between that four Ks where it produced a bruise on his face and he was crying. And there was bystanders, bystanders actually saw this. Yeah, bystanders saw this. There was actually 38 bystanders that saw these two boys taking this. 38 people. But there was only a few that actually stopped the boys and said, well, what's wrong? Why is he crying? But these little liars, they were actually quite good at lying, said Mm. that, oh, no, he's our little brother. Or they would either say that or they'd say, oh, we're just taking him, he's lost, we're taking him to the police station. So do you know what that tells me as well is like, because, you know, I'm sure they pleaded that like, oh, they didn't know what they were doing, blah, blah, blah. How many times did you get stopped and told you were doing the wrong thing? Do you know what I mean? Because people were like, what's going on here? Mm. And they still were going with this plan. Well, also the adults who were like, oh, they've told me that they're taking him to to the police station, I will take them. Yeah. Or you'd go with them yeah. to take them if to a, the If a baby station. had injuries like that, yes. I couldn't – I it's so easy to say these things, but I just – how would you feel if, like well, – Well, especially now because if you're an adult and you start walking off with children, it's like, oh, you must be a pedophile. Which, yeah. So days, a lot of yeah. people just stand back and be like, I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah. And Until every 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 time I've read – things about this case I can't stop coming back to how could a 10 year old be truanting and by all accounts they used to frequently truant mm. how can they not be I mean I don't know if they were ever like stopped in the shopping center going well, why aren't you at school mm. you two boys together why aren't you at school so especially in 90 when was it 93 93 yeah so so okay so the reports have detailed that James's small body endured over 40 injuries which included kicking, stamping, injuries from be- from bricks being thrown at him and stones and from and from dropping a 10-kilogram iron bar on him. This poor baby wouldn't have even been 10 kilos no. at two years old. So it was skipped ahead a little bit. So it went from them walking him somewhere. So they walked him to where his final destination was. So okay. it was about four cases. And that's all anyone saw. Yes. Yeah. So, so he, from what I know from the case, it was like near by like a train It was. It ended up being by a train, like an abandoned train station. Yeah, like right. a train yard. Yeah, a train yeah. yard, yeah. So it took the pathologist in the um, – in the courtroom to describe his injuries. It took him 30 minutes. So if you guys can just imagine sitting down for 30 minutes and hearing nonstop about the injuries that this baby had, Mm. like it's 30 minutes you can watch a TV show. That's how many injuries that this this boy had, right? So um, that would have taken, like it must have taken hours for them to do that as well. Well, for him to actually go through each step, so step one he had, Blood, blunt, force trauma on his brain. Yeah. But for the actual boys to do all those terrible things would have taken them a few hours. So it's not like, oh, we're just seeing what happens when we drop something on someone. It's constant. It's constant. And by all accounts as well, there was reports that they even want, they wanted to find a boy and just throw him in front of a train or a bus just to see what happened. Mm. So it was definitely premeditated. Like, 
this I think that's proven by them wanting to take to lure another boy away mm. as well. He disc- the the pathologist describes that his body had so many injuries that he couldn't pinpoint which one exactly was the death blow. I hope it was one of the early ones. Well, it was confirmed just... that he was mercifully dead before being severed by the train. Okay, because he was well, left at the train track, really. over a train track, and weighed down with bricks because the boys wanted it to be to look like it was a train accident. So that's their minds where they so think, So they oh, even are thinking about how can we cover yes, this up. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so his half-naked body with his genitals being forcibly tamped with Ugh. and a battery genitals. inserted in his rectum Ugh. highlighted a sexual element to the crime, but um, it wasn't run as a murder sexual crime because of the specific details that would have come out, because of the specific details that would have come out. And the police were saying that it would have been way too traumatic for everyone to have known what. So they just ran it as a murder case, saying that the end result would have been a sentence. But I'm thinking, well... I think they everyone may... should have the right to know, though. Like, it's terrible details, and but you have the right but, to know. But would okay. this have made the sentence more fitting for the crime because they got eight years? So you'll mm. find out that they only got eight years for what they did. But remember with Anita Cobby, when what happened to her... Because they released it on radio, mm-hmm. and then everyone stormed the. Um, but everyone who was here, there was like hundreds of hundreds of people, and they've already. At, at so their, I'm assuming at the trial. At the trial. So but how, I mean, like how they would have actually... got killed. These boys would have got killed. Their families, like this, is kind of what annoys me. Like they always try to protect the. Like I understand I they've got rights, oh. whatever, but they're worried about protecting the families and stuff too. So they don't want things to mm. come out because well, they did protect the families them. because mm. they gave them new identities. Yeah, the no, families it's... moved away yeah. from Liverpool and they got new identities. How did the boys actually get caught? There was when they when you see the video footage of the boys being, like the CCT, where the boys being taken away, the police initially thought that the boys were um, teenagers because they thought from the height of James and the pictures, they looked like they were teenagers. So they interviewed teenagers that they thought fitted the crimes, mm. but it was released that there was blue paint, the blue paint that was it was actually thrown in his eye, in James's eye, right? So one of the neighbours or someone remembered that one of the boys had blue paint on his clothes. It's seen him with the blue paint on his Good clothes. Good on that neighbour. Yeah, mm. so, and went, well, I wouldn't know blue what paint, get up these to. are dodgy kids because apparently, like I'll explain like some of their backstory, these kids were dodgy. So two and two together and put it forward mm. to the police. Mm. That right. So about their home lives, like the boys, because you kind of go, well, it's it was saying that, that – this was such a case that was so outrageously cruel. How could two children have done this case? So, yeah, it you, makes of it... course you want to blame the parents because you think, well, it must be the parents' fault because these two boys, how could they do It's even more insane, like, that, like, that two people t- together can agree to do such mm. horrific acts to a young boy at yeah. that age. Like... If one of you guys came in and be like, hey, guys, let's go and do this, I would, I would be like, no. <laughs> so to yeah. convince... Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I count on you. Like, I'm not covering up your murdery fantasies, yeah. guys. No. This is a podcast. This is all it is. <laughs> yes. We're just joking. Um, so just a little bit about their backgrounds, right? Both boys came from separated separated homes. Um, Venables, uh, his parents had joint custody. They lived quite close together, so they basically had half-half custody. So he got to see both parents, and according to um, – 
the mother, they were quite united on how they would bring him up. Thompson, on the other hand, had more of a dysfunctional upbringing where his dad had left when he was five. She had seven kids. Mm. Um, Freud would have something to say yeah, about seven this. seven kids and really, really struggled with um, depression and even suicidal tendencies. One of Thompson's elder brothers actually went to the police and said, please put me in a home. Um, oh, and then the police went, well, no, took him back apparently. And then he tried to commit with suicide. It with police and being like, no, nah, I'm not going to yeah. do my job. And so because of that, he tried to overdose on painkillers. But then here I ask her, go, well, where's the intervention for this poor kid? And plus the mother apparently, both mothers are apparently were depressed and suicidal. So mm. I'm thinking, well, if they can't look after themselves, they've got 10 kids between There's them. no way. They're because Venables had two, yeah, had two siblings who had learning, diff- like learning dis- difficulties. So even though he came from the more stable environment, he was still considered the naughty boy and who would bang his head on the desk. Head injury? Mm, head know. injury. But even in the we'll interview. We'll do that in another yeah. episode, head injuries. Um, even in the interview with, when in his interview with his dad, he would bang his head on the table of the interview room as well. So, yeah, it, and, and also I'm like, so both families are, dysfunctional in their own even though they're dysfunctional but they're quite differently dysfunctional i noted that when venable's mum susan was interviewed she was quite even the police actually mentioned that she was quite she actually stated how could this have happened Mm -hmm. because she was thinking oh he's loved just as much as any other boy he gets christmas presents he goes on holiday how could this happen and she also mentioned she was also more preoccupied in making sure what she looked like like she'd always stop oh, the interview okay. and go, okay, I just need to fix my makeup on and stuff. Oh, so that actually goes out into when the, when it comes to trial that she was seen as the more good mother than the Thompson's mother who was so traumatised by everything and so distraught and she was, she was considered the fat mother. Yeah. Mm. He must have been the ringleader because he's the, he's, he's yes. the child from the bad family mm-hmm. where Venables, who really at this stage was the only one that had criminal behaviour because he tried to harm a kid at school so he was seen as the oh you've come from a better home so you're you're not you're not the ringleader in that so which is interesting how the public see yeah well that can be how they interpret like how they interpret yeah so they were convicted um so the and but oh what i didn't mention is what is that they were actually um also trialed in an adult court but Mm. do they have a child court so I don't know. I think they do. For murder? I think it's I, – I have no idea, but it's probably one of those things where they wouldn't sit in front of a jury or – you know what I mean? It would just get to a certain level and then they get put in, in like, juvenile. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And this was like, no, they're going to get child in front of a jury and they're going to get, you well, know, cross-examined they, they had the and whole, they're going to yeah. – They had the whole shebang. I mean, mm-hmm. they were determined to be fit for trial and then mm-hmm. they, were put in, they were put in the docks where – the judges were all in their garments and things like that. Can you like imagine that, that when you're 10? Yeah, and 11? they actually had to be propped up because yeah. they wouldn't can you be able that? to be seen over the bar. I mean, the they, bar. like, deserved it, but can you imagine that? You can't. Like, as a mother and my Imagine's, son's 10, yeah, exactly. I can't even comprehend how these boys could have done what they did to James. Like, I really can't understand what... Also, if one of them had six brothers and sisters, surely one of them would have been younger than him. And I, from what I did, what I researched, there was no abuse. 
nothing was ever there was so for me so where did they learn this sexual behavior from didn't they say um i remember reading something about uh, not the sexual behavior but something about uh them watching chucky or something and that had something to do i've with heard of that and yeah. also i read somewhere where okay well they're a product of their environment and their society where it's depraved and they see evil things and all of that stuff. Don't but it out. comes back to the parent. Why, where are the parents? Why aren't they come in? Hi, Frank. Oh, okay. So no one in the warehouse. Okay. So you guys go be the I'll lock up. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks. We're getting all the visitors today. Come join us. <laughs> that was Frank. Come and join our murdery <laughs> group. We should, I reckon we should leave it in. It's so funny. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> People will go, oh, I remember... I will say, Frank, you were on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, Frank will be the main character from here yeah, on yeah. <laughs> We'll be gone. So my question to you, ladies, is... Ooh, Q&A. My question to you in, like, this discussion forum is... Discussion well, So serious. <laughs> well, I, I've read... You know me, how I, I read this all day today thinking... You and did as a, really a mother, good job. But as a mother... Thanks for I, doing work, Natalia. <laughs> this is in between my actual paid job. But, but as a mother, it is your 100% responsibility to bring that child up, to give them examples, to teach them right from wrong, to love them, to do everything for them, to be responsible for their... to, to down to be responsible for their behaviour. I, I can't even be wavered on that point because yep. you're their example. They've got nothing else. Yep. So in in saying that, where are the parents to stop them from watching videos if it was that Chucky mm. video or where yeah, or seeing see shows going. on TV that, that have sexual nature in it? They're 10. I see where you're going with this. I understand that, but then I've told you briefly about their upbringing like they had dysfunctional families not every dysfunctional family has murdering children no so where was where was the help is it come right back down to society um i don't know i'm up in the air because they got eight years some say that they were pampered in jail some say that they were let out to go and watch football games they gave they were given playstations Thompson has apparently gone on and led a life. He's got a child, apparently. This is all yeah. apparently because they've been given identities, new identities. Venables has been in and out of jail. He only just recently got reoffended. He reoffended recently. He's got 40 months in jail for having over a 1,000 inappropriate images of children and having a manual on how to lure and rape children. Oh, God. And, what he and he only got 40 months. months. Hello. And he got 40 and months. 40 months, but previously to that, he's also been in jail before that on similar crimes. Honestly. What do you need to do? Well, obviously it's not they actually need. Well, they actually need to offend. Well, because yeah. uh, the, the criminal system is just um, convicting you or, like, not everyone gets convicted, but is trying to prove you on that particular crime. So well, everyone's seeing as individual. Well, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But that's how these things happen because they just see it as one particular crime and they're not taking into account... And yeah, I'm not too sure with this would be interesting to look at is being given a new identity. Is he just tried under his new identity? So they don't know. Maybe that's a good point. But he also. You assume he's, that he's they also, are informed. Yeah. He's also been quoted as saying that 
he'd prefer to be in jail, just like Mary Bell would prefer to be in jail because he, even though he may be free and have liberty, he's really not free. In his mind, he's not free. He's. I get all of that. I get all of that. But of it's course. Like, it's, you it's, stole someone's life. Yeah. So too bad. Your life's crap. Too bad. You stole someone else's life. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I like, I just don't care. Like rehabilitation, all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's all good. And I'm glad when if people feel bad. But as well, and, when he came out, when, when the police tried, when it was eight years up, they tried, they had evidence to prove that he shouldn't be released. He's not ready to be released. Mm. But they, but whoever, wherever they were or whoever makes a decision for them to be released, it was like, oh, no, we need to be seen as we've done our job. Mm. So they released him. So he, in, in coming back to, like, the rights, like, it was through all this, um, uh, like, petitioning, their sentence was increased to 15 years because... There was the parents petitioned. The ter- yeah. parents petitioned, mm. but the European Court of Criminal Justice or whatever thought that it was that their trial was unfair. And I'm thinking, well, was it unfair to take his life, like the mm. baby's life? So what's fair? So and then it was actually reversed back to eight years. So they literally mm. served eight years for what they did to him. Mm. And and what's worse, I think, is. Like, obviously, they were bad to begin with, but, like, you know, then you go to jail and you just spend time around other people that have done bad things. Well, and then you just, that's like, the where thing. do you learn like, normal? Anyway, is what there such a thing as rehabilitating what? kids like that? Like, well, where do you even start? And well, not everyone that's committed a crime reoffends. So yes. The thing is, if they wanted to rehabilitate, right, really, you would need to go and live in a loving family and have good examples and feel love and whatever but then it's like do you deserve that when you've done that well no you don't really so i don't i kind of but it's also hard it's like okay if you're truly repentant on your actions Mm. but who judges that yeah don't know like but can you can you truly repent if you're so young when you do it well curtis actually obviously has found some repentance in some aspects to become a minister so catherine and curtis I know this is completely different. So Theirs is completely different. So, I think it's just like, where does it go wrong? Where does it go wrong? Parents, where this does one, kids I go wrong? Have no, I, 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 I can't see any other blame if you want to tag at that. But also, I think in situations too where people say, oh, well, they had a really happy upbringing, you know, someone who did yeah. offend, right? It's like, well, maybe they did and maybe they went to camp and they got molested there or maybe, do you know what do I mean? Need, like, there, need to be, there needs to be a trigger somewhere. I think there needs to be a trigger. But yeah. sometimes it's, it doesn't have to be one particular magical event that no. makes you go that way. So no. these, we all have trauma, these, don't we? these boys yeah. could have seen some stuff on TV mm-hmm. um, and no one's there to teach them that's not right. It's and not then, reality. And then yeah. their parents do something else. Um, I also think something really interesting about all of our things is that everybody did it together. There was two. Yes. Yeah. And there, because there was a point being made when I was researching that they believed that if they were solo, they wouldn't have done this stuff. It took like two sick minds to get together and go, oh, what about this? Mm. You know, I saw this movie. Let's try this. Kids get into mischief together. You know, they egg each other on. Maybe it's also the whole like peer pressure. Like when, when I was a kid, it was always like, 
oh, well, if my friends do yeah. something, then... But as you said, it wouldn't have taken a couple of minutes to do what they did to him. No. So where is the point where one goes, and oh, what they come did on, this so is... Full on. Yeah, this it is a bit so full wrong. On. And this... for boys, too. They, they were, were crying. But also, they're, like, all this genital mutilation. I don't know what it feels like to have a penis. They would have known how bad they were hurting him. They were boys. Mm. So that also leads me back to... Like, which I couldn't find any information about if they were sexually abused. Because mm. you learn what you know. Mm. So, anyway. So how do we not die, Natalia? Well, I think have parents that aren't dysfunctional. <laughs> you just blamed parents for everything. <laughs> I'm, parent. I'm a parent, so I can blame parents because... 100% it's your responsibility. Whereas if we blame parents, it's just really judgy. Just judgy. It is judgy, but... Okay, um, if my dog is badly behaved, that is my poor training. I know that. Yeah, I just go, oh, well. Same. I just Yours, go, yeah. you, you, you guys have got fur babies, so you are parents. Yes. Yeah. So their behaviour totally reflects. Well, you might have to put more... The thing is, like, you know, yeah, with a dog, you might need to put in more effort with one like breathe than another or whatever. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying kids are dogs. You're a good parent, especially by, like, what you said earlier. A lot of parents don't think that way. Which surprises me. Some parents are just like, oh, here's another child. Mm. Like, they don't think about what they need to do for that child. It just happens to be another mouth to feed. Yeah. But I guess it's, well, it's like, how were those parents brought up too? They might be a product of their own environment Do you know what? They might be better parents than their parents Parents were were. and they thought they were doing a good job. Mm. Susan Venables thought she couldn't understand how this could happen. Because you were more concerned about your appearance, Susan. 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 Mary Susan. (laughs) Well, there we go. go. That was nice. I think what we've learnt is that just a little bit of love. Just love your children, people. Go a long way. And if you don't have the time, maybe don't. Give them to someone that loves them. So I'm a little bit scared because we're all saying that it takes two children to do something. You've got two children. I do have two children. So are you a little bit scared to go <laughs> Not home? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> See, now I'm a little bit worried to have children because okay. it's like they're probably going to kill me. So I'm, I might just. <laughs> I'm, you do have children. You have fur children. I have, I have two you. fur yeah, children. They can probably bite you. Probably could, especially in that photo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put all these photos up. Amanda will. Amanda's Amanda's head of social media. Yes, I'm just head of everything and production. And we just show uh, up and go. we just give our opinions. Yeah, yeah. Some opinions may vary, and yes, as some of our results may, may vary. Don't take what we say as gospel. Yeah. It's all our own opinions. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Disclaimer only section own, here. Uh, if you don't opinion. like it, maybe you just don't say anything or don't listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want haters. Only readers. <laughs> Only Raiders. Raiders. Right. Oh. We don't want. Hey, write that down, Amanda. Genius. It's recorded. Oh, <laughs> it's there in history. There we go. All right, I'm gonna get the jar. Go get the jar and. Da, 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 da. Okay. Is that our jar theme music? Da, da, da. You, you chose child killers. Yep. Someone else. So. Disappearances. Ooh. Really. <laughs> Did I, you? You're the one that wrote it. I don't remember. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Right, so I disappearances. Can you like yep. meet this out a bit or flesh it out a bit? Disappearances. Okay. Like people who just disappear. I don't know. Let's talk about it next week.
I, I think we like should. Like Madeline McCann, she's disappeared. Oh. Um, well, to our to our like three <laughs> listeners out there. Oh, uh, is that three? three? No, there's four. Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Hi, Joseph. You're so sweet. Yeah, for our three listeners, if you have any suggestions, we'll put them in our jar. Write it on our Insta. Instagram. What's our Insta. Uh, it's How Not to Die podcast. There you go. It's and clear. Instagram, um, we have a Facebook discussion group. Um, Put it on the discussion forum. Yeah. We're talking about it. Ooh, yeah. So then we don't have to think of themes. <laughs> yeah. This will be a themed podcast. We like things uh, to be nice and clean. Yeah. So. We have a purpose. We do. So if you've got any, so if you've got any tips on how not to die. Let us know. Yeah, that's a Also, one. I would like to hear if you have survivor stories oh, or yes. if you know someone. That's one of the things. Because they can teach us. Yeah. Oh, yes, we'll have guests. We will guests have guests. Like, we will have guests. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who yet, but we will have them. We'll interview my dogs. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at How Not To Die Podcast, Twitter, How Not To Die Podcast, Facebook, How Not To Die Podcast. And I don't think we're on any other platforms. MySpace isn't around anymore, is it? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going, what? <laughs> um, oh, we have, a, we have an email address as well, Ooh. which is hownottodiepodcast at gmail.com. That's very straightforward. Jeez, Amanda, that's why you are here on show. Yeah. yeah. Well, and once I do finish editing this, this one-man show here, <laughs> Jeez, guys. <laughs> Look. Once I finish editing, tell, tell I will put it up can't. and you can you. <laughs> you can subscribe to us if you just love us, which you will do. You will win. Um, you can, yeah, you can give us only five-star reviews because we won't accept anything yeah. less. Yeah. Um, Raiders, not There's haters. no suggestions that aren't positive. Yeah. No, we just won't read them. <laughs> no. Oh, I feel like I, I want to read the mean ones. Okay, but you can just read don't them. tell us. Yeah, don't tell us. I don't know why, but I feel like I just need to put these people in their places. Okay, I like Ooh, that. Ooh, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. That'd be a good name for another podcast. <laughs> well, I think it's time to wrap up, ladies. Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's good night from me. Oh. That was Natalia. Yep. Maybe you should say who it's good night. It was good night from me, Natalia. That's very professional. Au revoir. That means goodbye, doesn't it? How do you say goodbye in Mandarin? Uh, we'll see you later is Zai Jian. Oh, Zai Jian. Anna. Anna. <laughs> well, now I've run out of languages. Sorry. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Dankeschön. <laughs> they stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped listening at Amanda's. <laughs> Depressing. Yeah. This poor kid. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop. So okay. bye. bye.